All right, 325 here on the Blitz 1170. We are streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. What is up? I hope that you had a great weekend. Looking forward to a good week, Super Bowl week here on the Blitz 1170. Uh, We want to hear from you. Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, always open, 918-262-5072. Again, 918-262-5072. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Scott File, and Colby Daniels is alongside. We have college basketball that we will get to coming up, uh, including our conversation with John Holcomb in the 5 o'clock hour as Oklahoma State hits the road to take on Houston who fell a spot to number five after losing to Kansas over the weekend. Uh, Big mover in the poll in terms of the Big 12 was Baylor up five spots. And I believe you had one other that was up four spots, but uh, also a rough week because Texas Tech falls eight spots. Oklahoma falls completely out of the top 25. They're at 33 in others receiving votes. And Texas would be at 32, so a little bit rough right now for teams that had been ranked previously inside the top 25. Oklahoma State gets a win, which we, again, will discuss in the 5 o'clock hour. That's not where I wanted to start, though, today. Here's where I wanted to start. This was a story that came out yesterday evening. I'll read you the headline. And I know that after I read the headline that we will have pretty much the same opinion, which is, yeah, told you so, told you so. We could see that coming about two, three years ago. But when you finally have it in writing from one of the premier college football reporters in the country, it does tend to hit a little bit different. I didn't think that it would happen this quickly, but here we go. Here's the headline from Ross Tellinger from Yahoo. With college football playoffs still undecided on future format, SEC and the Big Ten express doubts in commitment. Like, all right, all right. Here we freaking go. More proof, more proof that no matter what movement was happening outside of the two premier conferences in the country, that there is a, a significant percentage of it, and I don't know what number I would lean on right now, but there is a portion of what happened all last summer that doesn't freaking matter. No matter how much you felt like that the Big 12 might have righted the ship or done everything that they could to survive in moving forward, It's still not under the banner of the Big Ten and the SEC. And if you are a member of the Haves, which is a member of those two conferences, you are sitting pretty right now until the next round of whatever happens where they decide, you know what, you're not lifting the same amount of weight that someone else is, so maybe we need to condense this even more. But that's on down the road. But almost one month ago, as Ross Dellinger writes, the leaders of college football gathered in Houston ahead of the national championship game to try to adopt a change in the format to the 12-team playoff. And they left the meeting without a decision as a conference delayed a vote. It's just another hurdle in trying to find something of a consensus with whoever is in charge of this sport that we all love. So the problem with that is that this delay, as Ross writes, casts more than just doubt on the future of the playoff beyond 2025, which is the final year that the 10 FBS conferences in Notre Dame are contractually bonded together through college football's playoffs television deal with ESPN. 
Now, they're negotiating a new contract right now with ESPN to try to extend the deal, but there is no agreement with a playoff starting in 26. Enter SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey and Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti. In an interview with Yahoo Sports, for the first time publicly, expressed doubts in their commitment to the future of college football's playoff if leaders can't, quote, get right (laughs) a litany of issues. It comes on the heels of an announcement Friday that the leagues were forming the Joint Advisory Board to study the future of college athletics. Now, there are advisory boards that are created across collegiate athletics and colleges in general every single day. There's a lot of them that are flat out a waste of time. There are a lot of them that are put together by people that just want to outwardly promote the fact that they have put together a committee. Hey, look at what I've done. I've put together a committee where nothing, and I do mean nothing, gets done in these things. It's more of a, hey, look at me and how forward-thinking I am and trying to at least give the outward approach that I am doing something. So this advisory committee is put together to study the future of college athletics, which is funny to me because the future of college athletics clearly rests in the hands of the two most powerful entities right now. But still, the gap that is growing between those that are not in that conference and even those that are still in the G5 level, you're going to bring these two together to decide what is the ultimate good for everyone in college football to, quote, get everything everything right you're going to be the arbiter of what get right means. And it makes sense because this is just another step in the process of them saying, you're going to do what we want to do, whether you like it or not. And they're at least now openly promoting this verbally more than they ever have before. That's where the change to me is happening anyway, because this has been whispered behind the scenes. This has been talked about. This has been a a thought process for many in the landscape of the sport for a long time. And now they're telling you everything, everything that we should have been thinking about a long time ago and, quite frankly, have been talking about in sports talk land for a while. The College Football Playoff Management Committee, which is made up of commissioners from the FBS leagues and Jack Swarbrick, meets today and tomorrow in Dallas for what's expected to be a couple of days of work towards key decisions over the playoffs long term. The two commissioners from the Big Ten and the SEC stop short of threats or ultimatums related to their inclusion in the college football playoff, but they each expressed frustration over challenges and delays on the 12-team format, as well as (laughs) who gets all the revenue distribution after 2025. Quote, we have the reality of meeting to deal with college football playoff governance with the 26th season and beyond. That's a highly important issue. The Big Ten commissioner last spring has said that how these things develop and that there have been some surprises, the focus on what this is going to look like beyond 26 is highly important and deserves a lot of time and discussion. And a lot of this boils right down to, you know what? Why should we, the general we, the two power schools, have to distribute or share an, an equal share of revenue with the rest of you schlubs that aren't members of these two institutions. That's where mainly all of this boils down to. And, dude, I'm telling you, this is one of the, one of the next steps in the entire process, which is they, 
they have come to terms with how strong they are. They're stronger now than they ever have been before. They're potentially going to get even stronger if things work out the way that we think that they will with Florida State trying to get out of it and maybe the Big Ten even adding a few more teams. Now they're just openly telling everyone, don't make us. Don't make us do this. Oh, and by the way, kind of make us do this because you're going to do whatever the hell that we want anyway. I I find all of this completely fascinating and it was and it came out last night in Ross's story. This to me is the step in in the inevitable that is going to happen at some point in time where they're going to control and own everything or at least skew what we have in a version of it to benefit them more than anyone else. And if you're the Big 12 right now, if you're in that conference, if you're a commissioner of any other league, you got to be going, <laughs> well, just another step closer. And that's how I view this. I don't know if you guys view this the same way, but I thought that that was pretty telling last night from Ross's story. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been saying that this was eventually what was going to happen since the fall of 2021, right? I mean, this is the natural way things go. The people that have the power are going to get what they want or they're going to flex that power. And the thing about this that I think makes made me feel so sure that was going to happen is the new playoff structure, right, where you are giving inclusion to all these other schools that that really – I mean, you can say that everybody has a chance before the season, but the reality is very few have the chance, right, Mm -hmm. for inclusion in college football. Yep. So when you add what's already happening in the NIL world and the transfer portal, and you add those two things with the inclusion of college football's playoff now being widespread, parity, as we've seen just this year in college football, is at an all-time high. What is the quickest way for the for the SEC and the Big Ten to lose their stranglehold on the sport? Go through a couple of playoff cycles where there's massive inclusion and let some of these other conferences experience success, right? Yes. And that will disappear very quickly. So while you have the muscle, it makes sense. I'm not saying this is what I, I want to happen. I'm just looking at it from a broad view of common sense, right? If you have the power... Why wouldn't you demand things to go your way or threaten that you will break away and leave everybody else behind? They're going to get what they want or they're going to move the goalpost as many times as is necessary for ultimately it to become a, a you know an NFC AFC type of scenario with the SEC and the Big 10 as we've discussed countless times on this program. Here's more from Ross's story. So one character that we're not talking about in this is the Washington State President, Kirk Schultz, because he is the Pac-12's representative on the college football playoff board right now. Um, He had a vote in a format change, and the decision for all of this to happen, like the vote has to be unanimous to change the format for the final two years of the current contract of 24 and 25. So there are those that were speaking to Ross that said Schultz introduced to college football playoff leadership a proposal that seeks a guarantee of of voting rights and revenue distribution to the Pac-12, soon to be Pac-2, beyond the 25 season. That proposal presumably tied his vote in a format change was met with pushback. Now, he declined to comment uh, last week. 
The status of his proposal is unclear, but it's expected to be addressed during the meetings today and tomorrow. The four major conference commissioners declined to get into specifics about the format change, but both, uh, that said, the format is at the center of the ongoing debate. Both the number of overall participants and as well as number of automatic berths. So there, there's thought that given the realignment wave, the four power leagues that swelled to 16 to 18 members each, the format is back under the microscope for examination. The Big Ten commissioner has discussed with commissioners and the expansion models that include 14 and 16 teams with, automa- with multiple automatic qualifiers to major conferences, sources told Yahoo Sports. Sankey and his representatives on the board, Mississippi State's President Mark Keenum, have suggested in the past that the model incorporate only at-large selection. So the debate rolls on. But, man, you mean to tell me that those two wouldn't go and work in cahoots with each other if you're going to get the playoff swelling to 16 to 18 members each where you get somewhat of a like a multiple automatic qualifiers to major conferences because of the, let's say they're adding four or even six and go to 18 from 12 to 18. How many more members of the two conferences that we're talking about here are going to get added to this? The majority of them easily, correct? Yeah, of course, easily. And it's more money in, in their coffers. And this is where the political side of this is incredibly important because you basically got the Washington state president who's holding on by a thread to whatever hopes of a power two conference that he has. He is basically saying, Hey, if you really want this to happen, you've got to guarantee me a certain amount of money, then I'll play ball with you. So this is nothing more than dirty politics that we have every single day, even in Washington, DC that is still playing out in college football. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible where we're at now with this sport. But, man, buckle up. Buckle up. Because this is going to be a wild ride until they get whatever this is worked out. Yeah, they'll get what they want or they will leave everybody else behind, right? And the fear, as we've watched take place in the sport for two years now, will ultimately reign supreme, right? Everybody is fearful of being left behind in whatever the – highest level of college football might look like, right? Whether that's two conferences or, you know, how, how ultimately it works out. Nobody knows what that end game actually looks like, but you, you have guesses, right? And nobody wants to be the conference or, or the schools that are on the outside looking in and having to, you know, figure out how to make the, the best of a, a bad situation. Fear ultimately will reign supreme and they will, they'll get what they want or, Again, they'll continue to get what they want and move the goalpost and ask for more and more and more to the point that it's so undoable that they just break away, right? Like, I, I still somewhat expect that at some point there's going to be, like, an SEC Big Ten. We just do our own thing. Like, we'll have our own playoff. Like, you don't need a conference championship game necessarily. You have a conference playoff, right? And then the winner of the two conference playoffs meet in a national championship type setting. Like, I think that's that's more of a reality than ever, and you know we'll see what sort of what sort of stack deck everybody else is willing to give those two conferences in a format that includes everyone else. But it's going to be advantageous to those two conferences, and it's going to be a situation where I think everybody else is just waving the flag that they're included 
despite maybe not having the same sort of realistic access and inclusion. I think the funny part about this is that, you know, there were some that just thought that the uh, the Pac-12 or the remnants of it was going to go quietly into the night. And here's Kirk Schultz that is like is is trying to play the only hand that he has left in this right to guarantee whatever future or access that his two schools that are left in that conference and also trying to fight for kind of what his future is as well. I mean, this is a, this is a, Hey, I'm, I'm big balls move here from, from Kirk Schultz. Uh, Cause many just thought that he'd be like, yeah, you know what, whatever I'm, I'm rolling over. No, he's, he's trying to at least fight here for whatever he has left. Now, I don't know if that ultimately works out for him, but he is doing at least what I thought that some of the G5 members sh- w- should have been doing is fighting to keep the current format for the final two years of the television deal instead of rolling over to the other members because they were going to roll over on the G5 anyway. The P- the Big Ten and the SEC are going to roll over on Kirk the, the first chance that they get, but he's at least yeah. trying to go down swinging right now. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine either way that unless they join one of the, you know, the Big 12 or the ACC, that there is any future beyond the next two years for those schools in the in the big picture of things, right? Yes. So, I mean, it's there's not really a there's not really a win here unless you just want to try and capitalize on on the next two years. But you know, either way, it just feels like when this is all said and done, it's going to be the two power conferences in college football getting exactly what they want and that might include others and that might not because unless Kirk Schultz gets something in perpetuity which they're not going to give him to it is it's somewhat of a it's a it's a win in the immediacy if if this goes his way but in the long run it's still not going to work out to be beneficial for them extinction it really right you're right it's just holding (laughs) off extinction right now yeah is all that it is. If you make some sort of deal, maybe you're able to stay around for somewhat of a limited access existence. Yeah. Or you can fight the good fight and maybe have real access for two years and then probably face extinction beyond that. Yeah, it's firing off a nuke at, at one meteor. <laughs> yeah. But you might have got that one, but you didn't see the one that came from behind the sun in our blind spot and that there's nothing that you can do about now. Like you, you might might get one, but you're not going to get it both or all of them. All right, I just wanted to bring that up here because I thought that that was a interesting note that came out last night. Uh, kind of, I don't know, Sunday night when you post something like that, it's like, eh, maybe it'll get the the attention that you that you hope that it does. But and I understand having to get it out there right away, but I. Th- feel like it might have hit a little bit different if it was released today compared to yesterday evening. All right. And this is also one of those things where, you know, Greg Sankey months ago said like his ideal scenario includes everyone, right? He doesn't want to see any conference or any schools like disappear. And as I think, as we talked about at that point, yeah, he, I think that's a true statement. If the sec has everything they want, right? He wants inclusion for everyone. If it's at the sec's, yeah, yeah. Anyone benefit. That, anyone that thinks that any of those guys are for the ultimate benefit of anyone else outside of their conference, you are out of your mind. Yeah, like you, I don't want to lose what college football is. You don't bu- care. You don't care. You don't care. You don't care because 
what you have under your banner is what you think college football is and is all about anyway. That's right. So that's that's again. I keep going back to the G five at least for two years having a leg up and being like, no, no, sorry, you're going to roll us anyway. You don't care about us. No matter what you say, you're going to ultimately get what you want. So at least for two years, we can have a little bit of fun here. They want everybody to be included if that means that everybody is under their boot. And if you're not under their boot, then they would probably just prefer extinction. Uh, yes. You you don't matter. You're, you're an ant. You're an ant. And right now, the Big Ten and the SEC are hovering over that anthill with a giant can of gas just ready to uh, drip, drip, drip. And right this college inside. football season had to, I think, pour gasoline on the thought process of both of those conferences because of the parody, right? There's no question, no question whatsoever. All right, it's 346. We'll take a time out. We'll come back with more next year on the Blitz 1170. Uh, we do have a snack for you today at 445. We've got John Holcomb in the 5 o'clock hour, Dusty Dvorak as well. The TU Basketball Coaches Show comes up at 6 o'clock this evening here on the Blitz. Tomorrow we're out early because OSU basketball starts at 5 in Houston, which is weird because it's typically like the West Virginia game or maybe even Central Florida that starts at 5 with the pregame, but – no, we're we're doing the Houston game at 5 o'clock. So out early tomorrow for OSU and Houston. Time out. We'll come back more or come back with more here on the Blitz 1170. Live from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios here on the Blitz and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.